Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey, come on now. I'm so excited to get this year started. Give it up for God if you're excited to be in church. Hey, well, it's the very first sermon series of the year, very first sermon of the year, and I've been praying, I've been pumped, and, uh, and I'm, just, I'm just ready to go. Uh, but before I do, um, we're going to start a sermon series called Uphill Habits. This is week one, and uh, I want to get into it, but I also want to let you know what's coming up. And uh, if you sometimes attend our 930 worship experience, I want to give you a heads up. We're moving our 930 worship experience to 915 uh, to give us more time to prepare, to serve you better, to serve the 930 better. That happens on February 3rd. On February 3rd, somebody say the 3rd. The third, that's right. Now, that's when we're moving it. And uh, also want to let you know, if you're looking to get connected to Journey Church, today is your day because we have next steps, step one, right after this worship experience. And I'll tell you what, it's more about getting, it's, it's, it's not even about getting on a team. The whole point of next steps is to help you discover your purpose in life. That's really what it's about. So we want to help disciple you and, to, and help you discover your purpose. That takes place right after this. And you've heard us talk about it a lot, but it's so important. I'm going to mention it again. Tomorrow launches 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Journey. Hey, if you're new to our church, I know what you're thinking. This is the last time I come back to this church. I had no idea that they were going to do this. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you've never done this before, hey, listen, it will change your life. It's, it's such a powerful moment. We get excited about it. We do 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. We just do 21 days of prayer in, in August. We call it 21 days of prayer and feasting because um, we like to eat. And uh, so we do that then. Uh, but I'm going to make it real easy for you. Listen to me. If you've never fasted before, I want to make it simple. I'm, gonna, I'm taking time out of the message to give you this because I, I believe in it so much. Okay. Which also means, by the way, that um, that means tonight is your last meal. Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. So here, here's some different ways you can fast. Really, really uh, cool for you to know. First is a complete fast. And uh, a complete fast is when you go 21 days um, with no food, just water or liquid. And I wouldn't recommend this for anybody who's just starting in fasting. I wouldn't recommend this if you're trying to be spiritual or get God to love you more. God will never love you more than he loves you right now. You need to know that. There's nothing you can do to earn that reckless love. Um, it sounds impossible. It sounds dangerous. It's actually more doable than you think. This will be the second year that, that I do it, and it's been a blessing. My, it's, it's transformed my life. One, we have another pastor on staff that's with us, um, but it's not a competition, okay? So don't try and, and, and do this if you're not, if God doesn't tell you to do this. Second type of fast is a selective fast. This is a little easier, um, but just as good, just as good as the first one. And that's where you give up a certain type of food for 21 days, okay? So for some people, that's like, I'm gonna lay down uh, sweets um, for, I just heard somebody rebuke me right now. Don't just <laughs> simmer down. Um, so you might give up sweets. Somebody else might give up carbs. Uh, somebody else might give up cauliflower, you know, <laughs> whatever. The point is you're giving up a type of food for a certain amount of time 
and just, uh, just to tell the Lord. And, and listen, also, it's not just about giving up stuff, you know. We're not uh, practicing asceticism here, which is the discipline or the study of, I'm going to beat myself up to show God how much I love him. No, we're giving up our stuff so that God can fill us with his substance, okay? We got a lot of stuff in our life. What we're lacking is substance, stuff on the inside. And so when we empty out the outside stuff, Man, God fills us with the inside stuff. It's so true. If you've ever fasted before, you've experienced that. Yeah, you can clap for him. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. For some of us, this is the kind of fast my wife is doing, a partial fast. And what that means is you're going to uh, choose to not eat for a certain period of the day. And so um, uh, the Jewish culture and also in the Muslim culture, they practice uh, not eating uh, from sun up to sunset. And then from sunset to sunrise, it's like golden corral in their kitchen, Okay. <laughs> It's a banquet, and uh, maybe that's what you want to do. That's cool. You could do that, too. It's about setting up a, a time. And the last one is really good. Um, if, if you're pregnant, if you're thinking about getting pregnant, if you have a health issue, I wouldn't recommend any of the first three, honestly, but I would recommend this last one, which is a great way to get started if you're new to fasting, new to Christianity, or have health issues, and it's called a soul fast. And a soul fast is when you give up something for 21 days that you would have to admit, although it hurts to admit it, that you kind of have an unhealthy attachment to and somebody said Netflix. <laughs> Come on. Hey, they call it binge watching for a reason. <laughs> binge is not a good word. <laughs> binge is what? Like alcoholics go on for like a weekend, a binge, you know? Like it's a bad thing. I binge three shows. Like that doesn't make you cool. That makes you troubled. And so <laughs> we want to help you. Maybe your soul is, is overly attached to these things. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, you want to give up for this so fast. Whatever you're telling in your mind, I won't give up that. That's probably the thing God's asking you to lay down. But do it only if he tells you, all right? And then we have a spirit that lives inside of us, I want you to know, that communicates God's will to us. You don't got to be a prophet. You got to sacrifice seven lambs on the highest mountain. Um, you know what you do? Take some time out this, uh, tonight, because it starts tomorrow, and say, God, if you want me to participate in this, let me know. It might not be for everybody. And then if you do, tell me how you would have me fast. And I'm so confident that our God speaks, that he'll put it in your heart. And you know, this is what... I, I want to do. And I want to hear testimonies about it too. Hit me up. Text me. Um, well, actually, you don't have my number. Send me an email. <laughs> JJ at JJ Vasquez. I'd love to hear it. All right. You ready for a word? I'm ready to preach. You ready to receive? Amen. All right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm excited about uh, New Year's uh, Day, New Year's season, um, because it's a season that is genuinely and, and most often filled with uh, ambition, uh, vision, uh, excitement, uh, plans goals, dreams, and, uh, and, and last but not least, resolutions. Uh, resolutions. And, and I'm so excited that you came to church today with your goals and your hopes. Um, my goal today is honestly to teach you how to achieve those goals and those hopes. That's my, that's my goal. I, I always envision how I see you walking out of this building. That's how I know that I, I hit the mark. And for me, the way you leave this building is you got a clear plan, a step-by-step -step plan for achieving your wildest craziest goals and dreams in 2019. And I, I, think, I'm, I think you know uh, how you can do it. Uh, I think I know how, how you can do it. And, uh, and we, we need to do that, by the way. Um, first, I want to focus on this word resolution. Resolution is real important because a lot of us have made New Year's resolutions. But uh, how many people know New Year's resolutions just, to just don't work? We need to kind of admit that. In fact, studies show that 88% of resolutions will be broken within the first four to six weeks. It's January 6th right now. Some of y'all are like four to six days, okay? I'm done. I just had it. I'm out. Uh, it didn't work. Mine was to not yell at my kids. Scratched. Wouldn't get ready for church in time. <laughs> Scratch that. 
And so I think I found a better way. But before I do, I want to examine this word resolution. The definition of resolution is a firm decision, a firm decision to do or to not do something. And I like this definition, but I just got one problem with it. And for me, the problem with this definition is the word firm. I love the to do or to not do, but firm. In fact, that is my new suggestion for Webster, whoever he is, to put in his dictionary. I don't think the definition should be a firm decision. I think the definition should be a firm decision. <laughs> firm? Kind of. Because I kind of want to, kind of don't. I want to try firm, right? And listen, I'm not the only one who says it. Uh, culture says it. Scientists say it. Doctors say it. And, uh, and, and most hilariously, uh, memes and comic strips say it, which I have curated for you this morning. And so there's a comic strip called Angus and Phil. Angus is looking over at Phil and he says, hey, Phil, what exactly is a New Year's resolution? He says, it's a to-do list for the first week of January. You know? <laughs> That's true. Next one, speaking of to-do list, New Year's resolution list. Number one. Don't start a project and not finish it. Number two. Come on, that's funny. I don't care what you say. That's funny. Next one. Honey, this year I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Go for it, girl. And read a book a week. You can do it, baby. And be more patient with the kids. Now you're starting to sound a little nuts. Come on. Well, this one's my favorite. This next one's my favorite. Okay, this is a person's actual to-do list. New Year's resolutions for 2011. Scratch that, 2012. Scratch that, 2013. Scratch that, 2014. Lose weight, more weight. Scratch that, the weight came back, lose weight again. Who can testify? Who can testify? Hey, you look good in February, but by April, where did it happen? I thought I got rid of you. Nope. It was just hiding. It was just hiding. Number two, get fit next year. This is a busy year for the box office, you know. I'm eating a lot of popcorn. I got time to go to the gym. 2020. I'll do it in 2020. Give up alcohol. Scratch that. And cigarettes. Scratch that. How about just drink less? <laughs> How about just, let's go, just my aim low. <laughs> to hit that target, you know. <laughs> Number four, stand up to boss. Scratch that. Find a job. <laughs> Number five, try to be nicer to my wife. Whoop, ex-wife. <laughs> Number six is my favorite. Sort out the junk in the shed. Scratch that. My life. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. That's funny. I look at this list and I like this list because this list is a great example of exactly why resolutions don't work. And the reason why resolutions don't work, because I want, what I'm looking at right now is not a list of actions. What I'm looking at right now is a list of decisions. In fact, the problem with the definition resolution is not in the word firm. We made fun of it, but it's not. The real problem with the definition of resolution is in the word decision. You see, I can't be mad at firm. Firm's just an adjective. Firm's just doing its job. It's just describing the subject. I can't be mad at do. Do is a verb. But my issue now I take is with decision because it is not an adjective and it is not a verb. Decision is a noun, which means it takes no action. So it takes no action to make a resolution. And some of you guys think you're prepared for the new year. I know I feel like I'm prepared for the new year. And, and the reason why we think we're prepared for the new year is because we've made a decision. We've decided to be nicer to the kids and spend more time with our family and call mom and dad, and you should because they gave birth to you and you were expensive. <laughs> you've decided to go back to school. That's awesome. You, you've decided to start that business and expand that business. That's awesome. You decided to come back to church and find a church home, and maybe that's why a lot of you here, and that's awesome. You made a decision. You decided, amen, clap for you. But don't let the fact that it took a minute to make a decision trick you into believing that it takes a minute to change. 
Don't let the fact that it took a minute to decide to change trick you into believing that it takes a minute to change. How many people know it doesn't take a minute to change? It doesn't. You want to change, it's going to take a minute. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen in a second. But so many of us do it that way. But listen, change is not a decision. It's a destination. Change is not a goal. It's growth. Change is not a hope. It's a habit. Change is a habit, y'all. And, and that's the reason why the sermon series is called Uphill Hopes. You know why? Because I don't know if you've noticed the disparity between people's hopes and people's habits. We got uphill hopes, but downhill habits. We hope to lose weight. If that's you, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay. But we got a Krispy Kreme habit. Don't play, you know that's you. I hope to finally keep a job in 2019. But you got a sleeping in habit. I hope to save money. But you got a spending. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You know why? Because hope is not a strategy. And until our habits align with our hope, we will never experience change. Listen, we are not what we wish we were. We are what we repeatedly do. Better write that down. We are not what we wish we were. We are what we repeatedly do. So don't tell me what you want to do in 2019. Tell me what you do daily. Because what you do daily will be who you are. Hear me out. We form new habits, and then those new habits form us. And so if you want to be a new you, I'll be like, new year, new you. Hey, Hey, if you want to be a new you in this new year, guess what you're going to need? Some new habits. And that's what I offer you today. And that's what I offer you for the next four weeks. Four new habits that if you implement them are absolutely going to shift. They're absolutely going to, you're going to experience change, okay? But here's how you got to do it. See, I don't want your resolutions, I don't want your habits to go the same way as your resolutions. And so I got to teach you how to really set a habit. And, uh, and, and there's some science behind this. This isn't what I say. There's some science behind this. There's some doctors behind this. There's study behind this. Scientists, doctors, authors have figured out a way, and they all agree, a way for you to change your habits, keep your habits, and build your habits. And it's in this little thing, it's in this little thing, excuse me, it's in this little thing called a keystone habit. Somebody say keystone, keystone. habit. It's actually the title of my sermon today, the keystone habit. What is the keystone habit? The concept was first introduced by Charles Duhigg, who wrote the book, The Power of Habit. And it is a New York Times bestseller, New York Times bestseller. And this is what he said in The Power of Habit. If you want to reach your goals, you don't have to change a dozen habits. You only have to change one. This is your keystone habit. And that habit will have a ripple effect on your outcomes. Example, typically people who exercise don't just exercise. Studies show they also start eating better. Studies show they actually become more productive at work. Studies show they smoke less and show more, and show more patience with colleagues and family. Studies show they use their credit cards less. That was for somebody And they say they feel less stressed. Exercise is a keystone habit that triggers widespread change. So what is a keystone habit? A keystone habit is something that if you get that right, everything else in your life gets in place. If you get that one thing right, everything. My my, my home, the Vasquez home, has a keystone habit. You want to hear it? You want to hear it? This is the Vasquez home's keystone habit. Don't make mommy mad. Because I have learned that if I get that right, 
everything else falls into place. How many people know what I'm talking about? I'm just telling you, when mommy's not mad, the food tastes better. It does. When mommy's not mad, the house feels cleaner. When mommy's not mad, the, the room is full of sunshine and light. Hey, when mommy's not mad, the boys are happy. And when mommy's not mad, and it's a Friday night, daddy is happy too. Yes, sir. I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't make mommy mad. This got bigger consequences than you think. If you were to go to Justice League right now and you were to tell them what's the number one rule in the house, they would tell you that. That's the number one rule. I've told them, I will forgive you for anything you do. Kill somebody, smoke crack, I got you back. <laughs> but if you get mommy mad, you better find another place to live. I just speak that over my children in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's a keystone habit. The one thing, and so here's the cool thing about it. There's actually a keystone habit for your life. Did you know that? Yeah, and it was introduced to us by another best-selling author. His name was Paul the Apostle. Bestseller because he wrote the bestseller of all time, the Bible. Two-thirds of it, at least, in the New Testament. And he wrote to a people who were living in Rome. Rome's a problem, see? Because you know who heard that saying, all roads lead to Rome? Well, if all roads lead to Rome, then that means that all culture and all habits lead to Rome too. And so you got these people who are trying to live their life right with the Lord, but every day new habits are coming in. They're getting inundated with different ways of living, and they're writing to Paul saying, help us out, man, because we're struggling. I'm trying to change, and I can't change. And Paul's like, amen, I was that person. I, 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 don't, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do. So let me help you out. And he, wrote, and he writes Romans 12 too. And he says this, this is the keystone habit for your life. If you get this one thing, everything falls in order. Romans 12 too. Fix your attention on God, and you will be changed from the inside out. Fix your attention on God, and you will be changed from the inside out. Are you ready for the keystone habit. This is it. Write it down if you're taking notes. Focus on putting God first. Focus on putting God first. Oh, I know it sounds simple. I know it sounds like you need to come to church today to hear that. But if you grasp this, I mean really grasp this, this has the power to, to, to help you achieve any life-giving habit that you want, you'll have. And any life-giving, any life-sucking habit that you have will be broken if you do this. And I'll tell you why. Because whatever you put first has power over the rest. It's so true. Whatever you do first has power over the rest. And you know why you can't change your habit? Because you don't have the power to change your habit. But I know someone who does. God has the power to help you change your habit. And here's what I love about God's power. God's power kicks in where your willpower leaves off. I can't do it, God. I'm just struggling. That's when he comes in and helps you make the difference. And so if you put him first, his power comes over everything. And if you don't believe that, that the power of first gives power over everything, that just tells me that you're not a morning coffee drinker. How many people know that until you drink that cup of coffee, you got no power? <laughs> hey, it's a fact. It's a fact. Some mornings you wake up and you're like, this is the worst day ever. <laughs> you get a cup of coffee and you're like, Jesus, you are Jesus. Woo, love it. The world is beautiful and sunny and shiny. It's so good. I wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was caffeine. Hey, listen, if coffee can do that for your body, imagine what a dose of the Holy Ghost can do for your soul, can do for your spirit, can do for your future. Hey, if you think Folgers was good, wait till you get a bit of the Father. If you think Bustelo was good, wait till you get some of the blessings from heaven. It'll give you the strength that'll never crash. It doesn't end at two. It'll kick off into your future, into the future of your children. God's power can do that in your life. 
But you got to get your priorities straight because the first thing has power. So if God's not first and something else is, it'll mess up the rest. Like if your job is first. Hey, I'm all for work. I'm a hard worker. Some people ask me sometimes. They'll be like, do you, do you work hard? I mean, all you have to do is give a talk once in a week. Okay, first off, stop coming to this church. Okay, you're not allowed here anymore. Um, that is not my job. It's a part of my job. It's a lot that goes on Monday through Saturday. Okay, just venting. Um, I love work as much as the next person, but hear me out. If you put work above your family, what does it matter that you make a lot of money if your wife leaves you? Hey, where are my entrepreneurs at? Wave your hand if you're an entrepreneur starting a business. Going, I know we got a lot here. Hey, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, amen. Love, love my entrepreneurs. I want to be a church of entrepreneurs. I love that. But check me out, entrepreneur. If you put your business ahead of your health, it's not going to work out for you. Well, I'm just hustling. I'm a hustler. I just hustle, hustle. I sleep two hours a day. I live on oxygen. <laughs> Gatorade. You know. And heroin. Listen, listen, you got... What? I can't wait. I'm a hustle. Why? Because I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40. But bro, will you be alive by the time you're 40? Because that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You got a life. Manage your health and your business will take care of itself if you're healthy. You got to be careful. Don't, don't, don't pursue. Don't pr if you pursue a promotion, you might lose your peace. If you pursue a person, you will lose your mind. But God is the only one that if you pursue him, everything you've been chasing in your life will turn around and chase you. I'll tell you what, you put God first in your life, the promotion will chase you. You put God first in your life, and that, 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 that fiance you've been wanting, they're going to chase you. Look at you, say something different about you, Sarah. It's the Holy Ghost. You glowing. I know I'm glowing. It's the glory. You put God first in your life, I dare you. And everything you've been chasing will turn around and start chasing you. Everything you've been chasing. That's what Matthew 6, says. Look what it says. Seek God. Not second, not third. Above all else and live righteously and he will give you. Ooh, not some things. Not most things. He said, every, you better shout to God everything you need. Every dollar, the mortgage payment, the family, the kids. Better be excited. And it's so easy because life can get so frustrating when you're chasing 10 things. Trying to get healthy, but at the same time start a business. Trying to go to the gym, but just trying to keep the house clean. Trying to raise kids, but just trying to be a wife. Trying to get a wife, but you also got to go to school. Why are you chasing 10 things? You're going to burn yourself out. Let me help you. Chase one thing. Chase one thing. That one thing will bring it all. That one thing will be wrong, and that's, and, that's, and that's Jesus, and that's Jesus. Okay, make sure you got the power of priority in your life, all right? Don't be like that guy who was a Super Bowl fan, okay? He went to the Super Bowl, and he got there, 50-yard line, and he saw an empty chair next to him, and then he saw another guy next to the empty chair, and he didn't know who to be, who would not show up to the Super Bowl. And he looked at the guy across the chair, and he said, hey, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, but do you know whose chair this is? The guy over there said, yeah, it actually belongs to my wife, but she tragically passed away recently. He would say, oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to bring up bad feelings. But a couple minutes later, you couldn't wait. He said, excuse me, sir, I don't mean to seem insensitive, but I just got to ask, you couldn't find one person, one family member, one friend who would take that ticket for you? And he said, well, I tried, but they all wanted to go to the funeral instead. 
That guy had his priorities wrong. <laughs> Don't do what he did. <laughs> Put the right things first. Get your priorities in order, all right? Give God everything. Now, let me tell you something. Somebody's <laughs> like, that's messed up. I didn't do it. He did it. You're judging me. <laughs> Mad at me because I told a story. It's not my story. <laughs> so I, I, I like to be practical. I don't like to be all, like, in your mind and your heart. I hate when someone tells me what to do, but they don't tell me how to do it. I get so frustrated. So I'm going to actually tell you how to do that, how to make God first. Like, I'm going to ask you to step on a limb, have faith with me, but this is how you do it. If you, if you want to make God first, this is how you do it. And honestly, it's the same way, it's the same way that you let any relationship know that it's a priority in your life. You invest in it. That's why me and Justine Perez, my crush in the sixth grade, we didn't work out. <laughs> That's why we didn't work out. You know why we didn't work out? We didn't work out because they started all wrong. We had a mutual friend who, who, uh, who came up to me and say, hey, Justine likes you. I said, well, Justine's cute. She said, good, good. Do you want to go out with her? I was like, sure. So he went back to Justine. Justine said, yes, yeah, cool. I was in a relationship. <laughs> She's like, yeah. My friend hooked it up. But there's a problem. Justine, Justine asked him to tell me. He came to me. He said, hey, Justine wants to know why you don't talk to her. It was like two months later. <laughs> and I said, because I'm shy. Why don't she talk to me? He said, because she's shy. A month after that, Justine sent me another message. She said, hey, Justine's breaking up with you. <laughs> I said, why? He said, because you guys don't ever talk to each other. You don't spend any time together. What you invest your time in, you value. It becomes a priority. That's how Liz knows that she was a priority to me. Because I invested in her. See, I used to be like a super romantic. Well, I'm still kind of romantic. I mean, really romantic. But back in the day when I liked a girl, I'd make her like a mixtape. On... <laughs> On CDs. Y'all don't even know what a CD is. Some of y'all too young. You know what a CD is? when you, you get all these love songs and you put them, and it was called JJ's Love Tape. And every girl I ever dated, I sent her JJ's. And that was when they had the whole burning thing. Before that, I had to get a tape recorder and wait by the radio for my favorite song to come on. And then I click record. Mom, shut up. I'm recording a song. You hear that? I give them the tape. Hey, every girl I ever dated, I gave one of those CDs to. You know why? Because they cost $5. But when I met Liz, I didn't give her a $5 CD. I gave her a diamond ring. Because when you really love somebody, you invest in that somebody that you love. And the way that they know that you love them is that you spent something on them. Preaching better than you're participating here. How many people know this to be true? And so if you want God to be first in your life, give God the first of everything. What's everything? I'm going to tell you real quick. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. And I'm going to show you how to do that. Give me some help. Let's bring out this stuff right here. Let's bring out the stuff that we're going to do. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. Well, God wants a lot. God wants my time, my talent, and my treasure. Yeah, he does. That sounds like a lot. I, is it, though? I don't really think it's a lot because you're looking at what he's asking for. Don't do that. You got to compare what he's asking for to what he promises to give you in return. And if you do that, I better look like a sweeter deal. I better look like a sweeter deal. Here's what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10 says. Put it up on the screen. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled. To, somebody say this with me. Overflowing. And your vats. I like the woo-woo. Thank you. <laughs> and your vats will brim over with new wine. 
honor the Lord with your wealth, your first fruits. Now, now we don't live in an agricultural society anymore, but I thought I'd bring it back. I want you to imagine that God gave you fruit. Now, this fruit can symbolize, you know, your time, your Sunday. You know, you, you, you gave up something to be here today. Thank you for that. You could have gave up. You could have not been here. You could have been watching. We got playoffs going on right now? You could have been watching playoffs. They don't, probably don't start yet. You're probably going to go to that after church. <laughs> hey, he gave you apples. I love, thank you. And here's what you do when God gives you something. You thank him for it. Thank you, God, for these apples. But the problem is as you thank him for it, you start to really value it. Because you talk about how great it is, you know? God, thank you for these apples. I really like these apples. And God's like, well, give me the first. And you're like, but I, but, but I, but I need apples. Apples, apples got fiber. If I give up my apples, my digestive like, schedule is going to be all messed up. And God's like, no, no, give me the first. Let's see what happens. So in the Bible, it was always the first 10%. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give God one bag of apples. Boom, yours, God. I trust you. I don't know what you're going to do, but I, whoa. Look what God's doing. I gave him one. He gave me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine bags. I got apples for generations. Maybe not that long. <laughs> I got apples. Thank you, Jesus. That was amazing. That's what the Bible says. They will overflow. Okay, thank you, Lord. What else you got for me? Bananas. <laughs> Boy, I love bananas. Bananas are good for you. Bananas got potassium. <laughs> and you know what potassium does, right? Tell me. <laughs> Cramps, that's right. Pota bana potassium is good for after you work out. Yeah. What if you don't work out? Banana split, banana shake, banana sundae, hey! There's a lot of applications for bananas. God, I don't want to give you my bananas. This is hard, Lord. I really like bananas. God, I give you one banana? No. The first. All right, God, I'm good. No banana. You ain't got bananas? Why are you asking me for bananas if you ain't got bananas? Because God's not asking for your bananas. I'll get to it later, but the bananas symbolize something. Fine, God, have it. What are you going to do? If, oh, my gosh. Nine bananas. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're so good, God. Grapes. Come on, it's that new wine you were talking about. This is mine after a long day. Because sometimes I like to unwind with a glass of wine. That rhyme. So did rhyme. I can't give you the grapes, God. Isn't this symbolized like the anointing or something? Don't you want me to keep the anointing? You want me to give it? Ah. All right. Grapes. How many the grapes? I don't know. I'm ever gonna, I don't know if I'm ever going to taste grapes again. This is what we do when we sacrifice. My whole life's over because you gave up grapes. Still got a home. Still got a family. Still got people who love you. Still got a God who lives in your heart. Why well, bet you? I wish you'd put it in perspective. I wish you'd put it in perspective. You got lung, you got oxygen in your lungs, right? You walked to church today, right? Nine more grapes. Goodness, goodness gracious. My, I was gonna say, oh my God. I, mean, I thought that was a bad word, but I guess in this case, oh my God. <laughs> Look what you did. Oh my God, look what you did. That's amazing. You know what? 
I think, I think I can trust you, Lord. Hey, you know what? Your pineapple? Absolutely. Take my pineapple. You can have my pineapple. Once you go, oranges? Hey, that's yours all the way. Absolutely. Come on, take my oranges. What else you got? You got cantaloupe? Come on. Hey, God, God, you have my cantaloupe. And guess what happens? I hesitated on the first three, but I was quick on the last three. Because by the time I had gotten to the pineapple, listen, God had already given me enough evidence and I had earned enough experience of his goodness that I could recognize that if he had more apples and he had more bananas and he had more grapes, then he had more pineapples and he had more oranges and he had more cantaloupe. Here's what I'm trying to say. Somebody left 2018 thinking their best was behind them. But I got a word from God God's got more. I said he's got more blessing. He's got more favor. He's got more presence. He's got more promises. He's got more life. He's got more strength. He's got more hope. He's got more friends. He's got more business. He's got more vision. He's got more insight. He's got more life. He's got more. You better believe he got more. What else you got? Oh, no. vitamins and nutrients that you can't get in a banana that you can get in cabbage are you hearing me there are things in your life that prosperity cannot produce you're asking God for a blessing but if he really wants you to be mature he can't just give you prosperity he needs you to have a rounded diet and a rounded diet is going to include some trial it's going to include some challenges it's going to include some opposition it's going to include some betrayal it's going to include some backstabbing it's going to include pain it's going to include hurt it's going to include being alone because he loves you and he wants you to be full and he wants you to have a full life he wants you to mature. He wants you to mature. He wants you to mature. 
can't live. You can't live on fruit. I've got to give you some adversity because adversity produces in you things that prosperity can't. Stand on your feet. What you got? Come on, give it all. Give it all. Give it all. Come on, we got mango. That's my mango dance. What else we got? I don't know what this is. What's this? Squash. Vegetable or fruit? You pick. I don't know. Tomato. Awesome. Tomato. It's great. Potatoes. Potatoes. What else we got? Onions. Come on. We got? Come on. Oh my God. What do we have? But that's what you'll say. By mid-2019, when God's blessings have been poured on you, how much more fruit you got? I'm pretty full as is. He's like, I got, I got, I got, God's got, God's got. most often tends to be the result of our lack of prioritizing. So here's what you got to do. You got to lay down. Not just your time, your talent or treasure. You got to lay down your life. Hopes, dreams, goals. Whatever you got, just it's time to lay it down. So hear me. Bow your heads and close your eyes. There's somebody here today who needs to lay their life down for Jesus. This is your first time in church in a long time. I say three, if that's you, and you're just saying, you know what, I've been hoarding for a long time. I've been living for myself for a long time, and I'm ready to give it all to God. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand. Yes, Jesus, I need you in my life. Are you ready? All over this place. If that's you, and you need Jesus in your life, on the count of three, raise your right hand. You need Jesus in your life. You need to lay down. You are ready. You've been alone long enough. You've been broken long enough. You've been hurt long enough. You've been hoarding long enough. You've been desperate long enough. And you are ready to lay it all down at the foot of Jesus. That's you when I say three, raise your right hand. If you need Jesus in your life, you're ready to lay it down. One, two, all over this building. One, two, three, right now, right now. That's you. Come on, I see your hand. See your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Put your hands down. Church, worship team, let's pray this prayer. Father God, I lay down my life today at your feet. And I pick up Jesus. That's my only hope. May he be the habit of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us, amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.